Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Greetings to those who watch below. As we are less than a week away from Halloween, it's time for another one of our true crime videos. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B, Jess Black Curtain, Christina Groves, LT Punisher 666, Chris BLK Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S, and The Real CFED 22. They are all members of Those Who Dwell Below an exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts at the start of every single video. Also, don't forget, on Halloween itself, I'm going to be doing a bumper mixed bag video, just like all the mixed bags of treats that you'll probably get on the day. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Ronald Clark O'Brien Ronald Clark O'Brien is better known as the Candyman, or the man who killed Halloween. He was an American convicted of killing his eight-year-old son on Halloween of 1974 with a potassium cyanide-laced pixie stick that was collected during a trick-or-treat outing. O'Brien lived with his wife in Deer Park, Texas, with their son Timothy and daughter Elizabeth. O'Brien worked as an optician at Texas State Optical in Sharpstown, Houston. He was a deacon at the Second Baptist Church, where he sang in the choir and was in charge of the local bus program. On October 31st, 1974, O'Brien took his two children trick-or-treating in a Pasadena, Texas neighbourhood. O'Brien's neighbour and his two children accompanied them. After visiting a home where the occupant failed to answer the door, the children grew impatient and ran ahead to the next home while O'Brien stayed behind. He eventually caught up with the group, and produced five 21-inch long pixie sticks, which he would later claim were given to him by the occupant of the house that had not answered the door. At the end of the evening, O'Brien gave each of his neighbour's two children a pixie stick, and one each to Timothy and Elizabeth. Upon returning home, O'Brien gave the fifth pixie stick to a ten-year-old boy, who he recognised from his church. Before bed, Timothy asked to eat some of the candy he collected, and according to Ronald, he chose the pixie stick. Timothy had trouble getting the powdered candy out of the straw, so O'Brien helped him loosen the powder. After tasting the candy, Timothy complained that it tasted bitter. O'Brien then gave his son Kool-Aid to wash away the taste. 
Timothy immediately began to complain that his stomach hurt and ran to the bathroom where he began vomiting and convulsing. O'Brien later claimed he held Timothy while he was vomiting and the child went limp in his arms. Timothy O'Brien died en route to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the candy. Timothy's death from poisoned Halloween candy raised fear in the community. Numerous parents in Deer Park and the surrounding area turned in candy their children got from trick-or-treating to the police, fearing it was laced with poison. The police did not initially suspect O'Brien of any wrongdoing, until Timothy's autopsy revealed that the pixie sticks he had consumed was laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Four of the five pixie sticks O'Brien claimed to have received were recovered by authorities from the other children, none of whom had consumed the candy. The parents of the fifth child became hysterical when they could not locate the candy after being notified by the police. The parents rushed upstairs to find their son asleep, holding the unconsumed candy. The boy had been unable to open the staples that sealed the wrapper shut. All five of the pixie sticks had been opened, with the top two inches refilled with cyanide powder and resealed with a staple. According to a pathologist who tested the pixie sticks, the candy consumed by Timothy contained enough cyanide to kill two adults, while the other four candies contained enough to kill three to four adults. O'Brien initially told police that he could not remember which house he got the pixie sticks from. The police became suspicious because O'Brien and his neighbour had only taken their children to homes on two streets because it had been raining. Their suspicions increased after learning that none of the homes they visited had given out pixie sticks. After walking the neighbourhood with police three times, O'Brien led them to the home where no one had answered the door. O'Brien claimed that he went back there before catching up with the group. He said the owner of the home did not turn the lights on, but did crack the door open and hand him five pixie sticks. He claimed to have only seen the man's arm, which he described as hairy. The home was owned by a man named Courtney Melvin. Melvin was an air traffic controller at William Peach Hobby Airport and did not get home from work until 11pm on Halloween night. Police ruled Melvin out as a suspect when nearly 200 people confirmed that he had been at work. As their investigation progressed, police learned that Ronald O'Brien was over $100,000, about $520,000 in 2020 money, in debt, and had a history of being unable to hold a job. In the 10 years preceding the crime, O'Brien had held 21 jobs. At the time of his arrest, he was suspected of a theft at his job at the Texas State Optical and was close to being fired. His car was about to be repossessed, he had defaulted on several bank loans, and the family home had been foreclosed on. Police discovered that O'Brien had taken out life insurance policies on his children in the months preceding Timothy's death. In January 1974, he had taken out $10,000 life insurance policies on both his children. One month before Timothy's death, O'Brien took out additional $20,000 policies on both children, despite the objections of his life insurance agency. In the days before Timothy's death, O'Brien had taken out yet another $20,000 policy on each child. The various policies 
totaled about $60,000. O'Brien's wife maintained that she did not know about the insurance policies on her children's lives. Police also learned that on the morning after Timothy's death, O'Brien had called his insurance company to inquire about collecting the policies he had taken out on his son. After learning that O'Brien had visited a chemical supply store in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween, he left the store without purchasing anything after learning the smallest amount available to purchase was £5. Police began to suspect that Ronald O'Brien had laced the candies with poison in an effort to kill his children to collect on their life insurance policies. They believed he gave the other children poisoned candy in an effort to cover up his crime. Police repeatedly questioned O'Brien, but he maintained his innocence. Although police never discovered when or where O'Brien bought the poison, he was arrested for Timothy's murder on November 5, 1974. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. O'Brien entered a plea of not guilty to all five counts. O'Brien's trial began in Houston on May 5, 1975. During the trial, a chemist who knew O'Brien testified that in summer 1973, O'Brien contacted him asking about cyanide and how much would be fatal. A chemical supply salesman also testified that O'Brien had asked him how to purchase cyanide. Friends and co-workers testified that in the months before Timothy's death, O'Brien showed an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. O'Brien's sister-in-law and brother-in-law testified that on the day of Timothy's funeral, he spoke of using the money from Timothy's insurance policy to take a long vacation and buy other items. As well, his wife rejected the claim that Timothy chose the pixie sticks, stating that O'Brien in fact had forced him to choose the stick. O'Brien continued to maintain his innocence. His defence mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner who handed out Halloween candy laced with poison or needles or candy apples with razor blades inserted. These stories have persisted despite the fact that there are no documented instances of strangers poisoning Halloween candy. The case and subsequent trial garnered national attention, and the press dubbed O'Brien the Candyman. On June 3, 1975, a jury took 46 minutes to find O'Brien guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. The jury took 71 minutes to sentence him to death by electrocution. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce. She later remarried, and her new husband adopted her daughter Elizabeth. At the time, men sentenced to death under Texas law were confined to the LSI unit near Huntsville, Texas. According to a former chaplain who worked for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, O'Brien was shunned and despised by his fellow death row inmates for killing his child, and was absolutely friendless. The inmates reportedly petitioned to hold an organised demonstration on O'Brien's execution date to express their hatred of him. O'Brien's first execution date was set for August 8, 1980. His attorney successfully petitioned for a stay of execution. A second date was scheduled for May 25, 1982. That date was also postponed. 
Judge Michael McSpadden scheduled a third execution date for October 31st, 1982, the eighth anniversary of the crime, and he offered to personally drive O'Brien to the death chamber. It was to be the first time Texas executed an inmate by lethal injection. The Supreme Court delayed the date yet again to give O'Brien a chance to pursue an appeal to seek a new trial. A fourth date was scheduled for March 31, 1984. O'Brien's lawyer sought a fourth stay on the basis that lethal injection was a cruel and unusual punishment. On March 28, a federal judge rejected the request. On March 31, 1984, shortly after midnight, O'Brien was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville unit. In his final statement, O'Brien maintained his innocence, stating that he felt the death penalty was wrong. He added, I forgive all, and I do mean all, those who have been involved in my death. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. During the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison cheered, while some yelled trick or treat. Others showered anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the channel. And if you haven't already, press that notification bell so that you never miss a video. As always with these true crime stories, it is important to remember the victims more than the murderers themselves. Timothy O'Brien was eight years old when he was killed, all because of his father's greed. So... Until next time, sleep tight.